0: the eyes of the outcast. What's wrong with me? Lost, forsaken, alone. Abandoned and broken, a place of forlorn, weighed down, and so This misery is agony, lost in its pain. Isolated, defeated, without a name. Someone steps up. What's this I see? Who is this here talking to me? They're asking me questions and want to know my name, to hear my stories and feel my. I have been broken, but I've been pregnant. putting pieces together by being with you. Light breaks Light the, darkness the darkness when others draw me. Family, community, friends towards here. All right. Well, uh, I am Pastor Jason, and I have the privilege and uh, just a humbling opportunity to serve you as your, your pastor here at Horizons. You know what I loved? the most, um, about being gone. Um, I don't get me wrong. It is, it is so good to like have a moment to breathe and just to let go. But what I love just as much is that when I'm not able to be here in the building or be the primary person speaking, the teams at horizons step up. They deliver. Holy smokes. If you missed Derek's message, he is our family and children's pastor now at Horizons. If you missed his message last week, you need to watch it. Because um, it, is, it is spot on to this community and what God's doing in our community. And I love that. And I love that Pastor John could come up here and offer communion. And like there's just, there's just this team at Horizons that is just rocking it right now. Uh, Brian Thomas has now officially joined us as our official worship leader. And, um, and I love the arrangement that we made. Brian will lead worship 2.5 Sundays a month. <laughs> and I'm not a mathematician, so I had to really figure that out, but what happens when Brian's not worshiping is or leading worship is Joe is leading worship. Emma's leading worship. Matt Bronswatt is leading worship, and we've got this incredible team, and everyone steps up, and it just shows all the people that are sold out for this and then all the people that you don't see in the tech booth, in the in the video booth, in the sound booth, running all these things, our hosts who are welcoming everyone in, our hospitality people who are serving sometimes donuts, sometimes not, and just you know continuing to offer a hospitable environment for all of our people. And then we start moving down the hallway and we get our check-in teams and our security teams and our DZ teachers and volunteers and then our fusion teachers and volunteers. And then we continue with teams that don't just meet on Sunday. We've got, well, we've got our RISE team that meets in the evening. But then we've got a steering team. This is our executive leadership team comprised of incredible and humble people. In addition to the steering team, and then we've got our SPPRC, and it's like this HR team that's taking care of our staff and guiding us. And then we've got the property management team, which is a trustees team taking care of the facility. And then on top of that, we've got a a justice and mercy team, and these people are making sure that we are staying right on spot to the gospel and how we're caring for the least and the lost and providing that, that mercy and that, that strong voice. Um, and it, I know, it just keeps going. In addition to that, we've got all these teams that are um, leading us in, in congregational care through the friends and faith, and then we've got this hands-in- in-hand team that is leading us into caring for uh, Zeman Elementary, which is our adopted school in the community. And then we've got this backpack packing team, all these folks sending out 84 meals a week from this community uh, to people or to children in schools. And the list goes on and on and on. And I, uh, one, if I missed a team that you're on, um, I want to lift you up too, um, time constraints, you know. Uh, but the point is, is this thing is, is comprised of incredible teams. And what happens here, and in churches like this, is that um, when you see teams, it's a representation of a community. And a community is ultimately a representation or a very clear sign of relationships and when relationships are good in a positive community it's a sign of people who have come together humbly over a shared passion and vision and um and interdependence on each other to go there and 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 unified by this this presence of God in front of us through his Holy Spirit and through Jesus that we continue to talk about. That's what this whole team thing is about at the core of it. So we're in this new sermon series, and we are talking all about how God's handprint is truly traced and weaved all the way through a community in the body of Christ that is the church, and seeing how clearly it is God's intention for his creation to come together in relationship and community. And I love how Paul speaks to this in his fourth chapter in his letter to the Ephesians. The Ephesians is this incredible evangelistic, like, complete theology letter to the community in Ephesus and Paul is talking about like the body and the presence of the spirits and the, of the spirit and the gifts it gives us and then he says for from him and I'm going to just use some um, flexible language in here from him or in him In him, and this is Jesus, who's the him that we're talking about. In Jesus, the whole body. So when we surrender our lives and accept Jesus as the Lord of our lives and let him lead our lives into the best version of our lives, as we do that, then we become part of his body. And that's a good thing because in Jesus, the whole body, Joined and held together by every supporting ligament, the Holy Spirit, His Spirit, alive in us and bringing us together like some kind of crazy glue, grows and builds itself up in love. So as we come together and as we're united through the Holy Spirit and we find that, that shared passion, that shared vision, building ourselves up in love as Christ is love, as each part does its work, as we each find our gifts and say, oh yeah, that's how God's using me. I'm going to do that. It's so awesome. So that's this whole vision. And so what ultimately has become of this year for us is this has continued to highlight itself and continued to be brought before us in leadership, that this has become our theme for the year, the sense of community and relationship and talking about how incredibly vital they are. There has been nothing like the past two and a half years to really highlight this importance by contrast, right? As we have waded through a very deep and dark and thick body of water of political and societal division. Friends, if I told you to make a list of 10 people that you feel you are on the opposite side of things with right now, you could make that list in your sleep as i could too we are we are facing division in a hyper sense right now in our communities in our families in our relationships even in our churches in addition to that we have um just we have been forced into our homes isolation man nothing ekes away at the foundation of relationship more than isolation. We were not made for it, and we don't know how to handle it. Now, there's like 2% that were like, "I oh, love's COVID. <sighs> Can we go back, right? You know, uh, we'll get to you. Uh, but like, I mean, man, we knew from these things, like, we need to focus on this because we need to go in a different direction. In addition to that, like Horizons itself, our population is changing, and God continues to bring folks into this place and breathe new life in every, every corner. And it's, and it's awesome. But we're coming from different places, but God's building this really like, like wide church. And so we just sat and said, you know, okay, Lord, we got to move on this. There was a guy who's been here since the very beginning of Horizons who said to me uh, about a year ago, and I said, you know what? He says, in the midst of all this, what I know is true is that Horizons has always been its best self when it's been a family, a community moving together. He says, no matter how big we were or how small we were or, or whatever was going on, that's when we were at our best. So today we start with this big overarching kind of theological perspective of relationship and um, and it's called on holy ground so that's what we're going to be doing and I'm, I'm really excited about it and, uh, and and eager anxious to see what God's going to do and how he's going to grow us through it so uh, the next thing that you know that I want to point out to you is that like it's easy to kind of have a limited view then of what God's doing. And it's easy as we look at Horizons and we celebrate all these teams to be like, yeah, we're awesome. We're this thing. And and anyhow, like this is our property, so don't touch us, don't mess with this. Like, like you we'll show you we're better than you. You know, like um it's easy to get in mind though that Horizons is this kind of island right here. But We are connected. In addition to the fact that there are over like, I don't know, 350, 400 churches in Lincoln, Nebraska, um, Horizons itself, you may or may not know, um, depending on what conversation you've been in and, and how long you've been here, Horizons itself is connected in a really significant way to a denomination, the United Methodist denomination. And United Methodist denomination is, I would say today, primarily marked by a profound sense and understanding and development of our understanding of grace, a profound effort towards mercy and justice in the world, and also a profound um, approach as Scripture's the foundation to be a church that is not simply saying this is it, and there's no discussion, get in line and follow along, but instead to say, this is God's word, and we're going to engage it together through reason, through experience, through tradition, and welcoming through prayer, those things, and the Holy Spirit going to God's word in that way. And that is really unique about who United Methodists are. There are 64 United Methodist Churches, in our Blue River District. That's a conglomeration right around the Lincoln area. There are 17 districts with anywhere from 60 to 80 churches in our conference, the Great Plains Conference, which is Can—sorry, Nebraska's always on top, um, and Kansas right here. And so we're two states, one conference. There are, so 17 districts, over 1,000 churches, in this area. So that's one, what we call this, this, this conference, we call this an annual conference. And in the Methodist denomination, there are 54, um, annual conferences that have somewhere around a thousand churches. And then there are 129 total annual conferences globally. Friends, it's huge. There are over 12, United, 12 million United professing, believing United Methodists in the world today. And, um, and so I'm, I'm saying that because I want you to get a sense of God's value around, around this connectedness and around this communal sense of shared responsibility and shared contribution. Now, I know there is tons, 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 tons of critique and criticism that we could say about the formation of denominations. First of all, um, if you look at the word denomination, it has to do with a division of a greater whole. And like we're like, well, that's not right. But as much as there is risk of exclusivity, or being clicky, or groupy, or as some might say, uh, that a denomination very quickly loses sight of the mission in pursuit of the bureaucracy. While we do need to keep accountable these things in these formations, it is always true that God desires us to bind together and to come together for the greater good for the greater witness and the greater impact. Did you know that through one of the organizations, the United Methodist Church, $43 million in relief goes out a year? That does not include any of the local gifts that uh, that churches like Horizons are continually pumping into other organizations in their local community, or even uh, offering mercy to individuals and families. The impact and the witness will always be greater in that. And so it is inc- incredibly important because the bottom line as we begin to look what God has done from the beginning you and I are going to see and we're going to remember and we're going to confess together that th- that God has designed and created his creation to be in relationship, to be connected, to be interdependent on each other. There is no question about that is the bottom line. That is the bottom line. It is all the way through Scripture. If we look in creation, when Adam was in the garden alone, and, and you know the world was just beginning to take its shape, um, Adam's kind of like given what God is calling a helper, and it's all these animals, and he gets to name them. and And in Genesis, it narrates that Adam still looked around and was like, "Yeah, but like this isn't like I'm still lonely. Like I am looking for a companion that is truly going to." Um, you know, complete me and and fill the parts where I am lacking, and so what we uh, we ultimately see then in Genesis chapter two verses twenty two and twenty three. You can follow along on your U Bible app if you want. Um, but what we see in that, let's go to that first verse here. Then God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. So he put him to sleep, and um, and and he brought her to the man, and um, and so the man like. Saw this creation, this, this being that was his counterpart, his equal, his companion, and he said, "Yeah, unlike that tiger and that chimpanzee and that ape, like or that whatever, ti- you know, whatever, but um, that those animals, like this is a flesh of my flesh and bone." She she was called woman because she was taken out of man. Like from the very beginning, in creation, God designed us for. Each other and beyond just marital relationships, we see that we are at the very, at the very core of us made for this way and then as we move through scripture and we enter into wisdom and wisdom is really this application and in this insight and oversight of the people of God and what God is trying to create and make in the world in spite of his human creation, we continue to see wisdom speak into relationships. If you read Proverbs, this is what we believe King Solomon and his consortium of, of wise thinkers. Uh, it is all about relationships. Ecclesiastes, this perfect like contradiction of, of where is hope and where is hopelessness. And right in the middle of it, King Solomon testifies about relationships in the midst of whatever else is going on, he confesses. And I love this in chapter four of Ecclesiastes 9 through 12. He says, listen, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other get up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Again, not just towards marriage. This verse was not necessarily even pointing just to marriages. It was talking about the relational value as opposed to solitude and isolation. Provided in wisdom. And then as we move from creation, from wisdom, and into redemption, the presence of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice and death on the cross and resurrection, overcoming sin and hell and death, is then testified to. Paul, in his famous letter to the Romans, as he's working his way through this incredible theological construction, starts to kind of wind down and summarize it all up and reminds us, hey, all of this that I have taught you and shared with you is hinging on this. For by the grace, this is Romans 12, by the way, one through six, three through six, for the grace of God given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. But rather, think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. And otherwise, Paul is saying, hey, I think that in the pursuit of all of this, in the pursuit of getting it right and honoring God and doing the right thing in the community, y'all need to uh, simmer down just a little bit and stay humble. Because humility is the platform upon which relationships and community Thrive best because then Paul continues, he says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we though many form one body. It's all of us here and all of these crazy churches in Lincoln and all of the crazy churches in Nebraska, Kansas, and then all into the nation and into the world. Though we are so different sometimes from each other, this is a profession and a theology of the body of Christ to which we are all supposed to belong. That we are one body, though many. And each member, oh, I love this, belongs to each other. We think we're all kind of doing our own thing sometimes, but we belong to each other. We were designed. We belong to each other. Relationships, regardless, the, the one thing that I want to point out to you is that, um, is that when I was, um, I, even until recently growing up, that I have kind of subscribed to that um, that. Each man's an island kind of thing and like rugged individualism of, of, of the United States. And like I am a lone sailor and doing my own thing. And, and oftentimes in my growing up even um, insisted that that truly was the best way and that I didn't need to be like anyone else or anybody else's help. But as I have continued to be humbled by God and um, first come into marriage and then come into children And then come into a phase of my life and my leadership of the church where relationships have become incredibly crucial. I have realized that in the moments when I was living in what I wanted to be kind of my own isolated island format, I was missing the best of what God had to offer. So here's the bottom line about relationships, whether you are an introvert you're not extroverted, you don't necessarily like people, whether you are socially awkward, whether you have um, a lot of anxieties around being around a lot of people there. Across all of those, we are all yet designed. This is not a personality thing. This is not any of those uh, designations at the very core of us. We are all designed. To be in relationship. It's the way God made it. It's, it's the way God is moving us forward. And we see in the scriptures, the first thing is that God uses this relational interdependence, one for perseverance, or excuse me, one for companionship. You think about, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden and it's like seeing this perfect like companion in creation, and that the heart actually breaks without an equal for perseverance or preservation in wisdom. We see that God is actually um, not just saying, hey, I'm going to keep you alive until this thing is finished, but actually cause us to thrive. There's a greater reward or a greater output for two says wisdom for support, for protection. And finally, for witness, for witness in this redemption phase of our lives with Jesus Christ that we are lacking in ourselves. We are incomplete in our own contributions, in our own leadership until we are unified. This is what God is doing through all of this. So I want to invite you to, um, to take up a challenge here. When Chap Clark came in January Spoke on January 9th. He mostly spoke to our vision of um, creating sticky faith for our kids. He outlined um, a progression. Our society used to be a communal society. And then we went to something that was a little bit more of like a quadranted, where we started kind of breaking up into smaller groups. And and we were here and here and here. And then we moved from quadranted to fragmented. Fragmented where we were still connected to people, but the more that technology has advanced in terms of even just automobiles and travel and things like that, um, the more we've become still connected and yet kind of pulled apart because we're doing our things over here and there because we can. But now, he says, we're actually living in a different world that is atomized, atomized, that we have been pulled so far apart from each other and technology has sucked us so far into worlds that don't exist beyond the digital world that we have actually completely removed connection and we are all kind of floating around in this nebulous space as our own like atomized, like self-sufficient little balls rolling around. And that's kind of scary to think because the further that we move along this progression, the greater the decay of our society. And it's evident in us, and Chap Clark says, that it will only get more intense in our younger generations. And I don't know if that's what God designed us for. So we got to get together. So here's my invitation. My challenge to you today is one, to repent. Join me in repenting in the ways that we thought we were all on our loan and best when we didn't have to have anyone else in our lives. Repent in that and say, Lord, draw me back in. And then join me in repointing. Look at your life. Look at your schedule. Where does your priority need to shift again to let Relationships and community be at the topmost and regroup. Friends, every Sunday you will hear us invite, encourage, and challenge you to find a group at Horizons. That is very deeply theologically important to us. There are so many opportunities. If you go to horizons.church/growth, you're going to find that there are Tuesday night classes, that there are open life groups for you to join at any point, that there are all these things going on even through growth track to be able to get connected and immersed in the community so that we're not just floating around hoping to survive. Let's pray. God, we thank you. We thank you so much that you have created us to be relational and people of community. Lord, we know, even though sometimes we don't want to accept it or we wanna go off in a different direction, we know that we are truly experiencing what you have designed for us and intended for us when we are together with other people that you have intended and purposely put in our lives and other people whom um, you have designed us to be in their lives, Lord. So we pray that you will continue to open our hearts to this and that we might begin our own journey together towards embracing this and celebrating it, Lord, and living into it and seeing the fruits, not only in our own lives, but in the world around us and those who need it most, Lord. So always show us your face as we go into this week. Show those in our community who are uh, suffering, Lord, your face, your miracles. And let us always hear your voice reaching out to us and drawing us into deeper relationship with you. We pray all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen.